You are listening to Just Over 20 with me, Itunu Speaks. After finding faith at age 19, Nia Cerise Conte has been a force to be reckoned with. Boldly professing her Christian faith, both online and offline, she has amassed over 30k followers on Twitter, 50k on Instagram, and a whopping 103.9k followers on TikTok. For seven years, she has taken people around the world on a journey of faith, speaking candidly about her life and how she believes God has transformed it. As a Cambridge University Master's graduate and a recently ordained prophet who is evangelising around the world, it looks like this is just the beginning for this young Christian woman. So, you are listening to Just Over 20 and this is Nia Cerise. Hi everyone, so today I have the wonderful Nia Cerise Conte um, with me. I have been following this wonderful woman for a really long time. In our little pre-conversation, I was like, I've been following you for a minute, like since probably sixth form, and it's been an absolute pleasure to see your evolution in your love for God, your your um fire for god your fire for evangelism how you've evolved as an individual in your education in your in your exploits for christ it's been amazing just to see how much you've done and um it's like an honor to speak to you and today i'm really excited to get into um your relationship with social media and what it's been like kind of documenting your faith journey on social media for a good few years. So if you could introduce yourself to the listeners, that would be great. Hi, everybody. Hi, my name is Nia Cerise. That's my first name. A lot of people do not know that. Um, Yeah, I love Jesus. I am 20. Oh, my goodness. I actually almost forgot. I forgot my age. Your age. (laughs) I'm 26 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm 26 years old. Um, and yeah, I was saved when I was 19. Um, so this journey has uh, been around about, um, yeah, it was about, literally about six, almost six years now, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, and it's been wonderful uh, kind of transitioning and starting as we're going to go into on social media and how powerful that tool was and how it literally propelled me into ministry, into worldwide, international ministry um, and absolutely radically transformed my life. So I'm really excited to talk about this because I believe that someone is listening today and God is going to convict them. They're going to get on social media and God's going to change the trajectory of their life. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amazing. So let's start from the beginning. So like you said, you um, came into faith at age 19. And I was having like a little, a little nosy trying to find like, when did this girl start? When did this girl's face appear on um, the World Wide Web? And um, I realized that you'd had a YouTube channel, which I've seen quite a few times called crowned in faith and your first um video that's on there right now um you're talking about i think the secret place like cultivating like a secret place with god so this idea um of having like a space as a as a person of faith a person who's a christian where you pray where you connect with god where you get deeper in your relationship with god so how did that start what kind of 
propelled you to make your YouTube channel and start posting? Yeah, I remember that I got saved and it's quite radically, you know, um, I gave my life to Jesus. It wasn't in a church building. It was actually in a kitchen. We were talking about God, the presence of God hit that room and I could feel the tangible holiness of God. And I realized that I was a sinner. It felt like Isaiah when he realized that he was, you know, a sinful man with unclean lips. I just realized that I was a sinner and I didn't say salvation prayer. I just said, I will never be the same again. My friends laughed at me and they thought I was joking but I experienced repentance, not through just saying I'm sorry to God, but I experienced it fully in the way that it was intention to be, where I turned from darkness to light and the Lord literally changed my thinking, changed my mind, changed every part of the woman that I was. And I literally began praying and seeking the Lord and interceding in my room. People couldn't find me. Because I was in my room fasting and praying. My housemates didn't even see me. They wondered, where is Nia Cerise? Oh, she's probably praying. I began to have encounters of God that I did not even understand. Seeing angels. And I was literally cocooned in the presence of God. And as I began to grow in the Lord, the Lord just began to push me to watch YouTube videos online and learn. And I literally began to see people online who were talking about Jesus. And it fed my spirit. I was literally living off of those videos at one point, just literally needed a word. And um, I was being so profoundly touched by, you know, watching people on YouTube or through a screen. And then I remember as time went on and I got deeper in God and I was just much deeper in his word, much deeper in his, you know, in uh, in his voice, the Holy Spirit began speaking to me. And the Holy Spirit began to tell me, I wasn't just getting you to watch those videos, okay, to pour into you, but to actually also prepare you and so God began to literally put a stirring in me to start a YouTube a YouTube channel of my own. And I prayed into this. I'll tell you, I fasted into this. I took this as seriously as someone going on a full-blown mission trip. Mm-hmm. Listen, I fasted. I prayed. I sowed. Literally, I came to God with this channel and I was like, Father, this is yours. And I just began to release content. I began to release content and the content just began to take off to my surprise. Mm -hmm. It just began to take off, take off, take off, take off. And people just began to, you know, watch my videos. And so here I was recording, not on a professional camera, on a little dusty old iPad literally using dropbox all this stuff is terrible if you if i mean if even if you still see the quality of my videos i'm not i'm not with a fancy phone Mm -hmm. or fancy camera sorry i was using a dingy little camera but god's word was doing what it does best performing and going forth convicting and bringing people into his kingdom and so god literally just kept pushing me and saying i remember 
I went to a friend and I said, I feel like God just told me that I need to dedicate my Instagram to him and just start posting about Jesus. And the person was actually sceptical. Mm. Okay, this is why you can't be moved by what people are thinking or what they say. What was the you scepticism? Have... They were just like, really? Would God really say that? Like, you know, kind of like, mm, okay, we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. And that's what will happen. When God's calling you into a ministry, he'll test you. He'll test you with people's opinions and their reactions. And if you keep on going, he'll entrust you with much. And so I just didn't care what they thought. And I just started posting on Instagram. And I began to see that picked up. Everything picked up. Twitter, I start building a Twitter. It was growing, growing, growing. Instagram, growing, growing, growing. YouTube, growing, growing, growing. You know, even this year, I started TikTok growing, growing, growing. In four months, it reached over 100 thousand followers Mm -hmm. and I just began to see people being impacted through this and I wonder and I challenge someone watching this what would Jesus have done if he had social media what would the apostles have done if they had social media I say you see in the book of Acts you see how uh Peter was literally uh, literally his shadow was healing people and the bible also explains that people were bringing their handkerchiefs to the apostles so that they would receive prayers and impartation and they would take take these handkerchiefs and give them to the people, travel far and wide just to lay the handkerchief on an apostle, bring it back after prayer and lay it on someone. And I said recently, I said, can you believe it? God would have it that he would raise up a generation, that he would actually say there's coming a time of latter glory where people will no longer need handkerchiefs. I know we look at this miracle and we say, wow, if the apostles looked at us, they would say, this is astonishing. That God would do it in such a way that we no longer need handkerchiefs to travel far and wide and lay on people. But we have social media that someone can actually pick up a digital device Mm -hmm. and they can pray the prayer from the person's mouth. They can hear it. And at the sound of their voice, receive their healing on the spot. That God would be so merciful to mankind that we would have the opportunity as believers to be getting people safe from our bedrooms. God would make it so easy in this end time dispensation that we would no longer have to even, some of us, leave our house and make the excuse of, I can't go out. God would have it so that the gospel is so accessible, so easy, and literally so transferable Mm -hmm. that anyone can come across this message. I think to myself, glory to God, that is the mercy of God in these times. And anyone who refuses to use social media and say it's a distraction, my question is, what is your perspective? Because you see a distraction. I see a mission field. Amazing. Well, let's let's dive into that a little bit more because I think that, you know, like you said, a lot of people see social media as a distraction. You know, you get a lot of um, things being told to us about like reducing our minutes online and like that sort of thing. And I think that that's very valid, valid critique, valid advice. But in an age where social media, I think increasingly is having a bad reputation, how have you found it to be something kind of beneficial for you and for your walk so not necessarily just what you're sharing to others but for you as an individual because from what I know of you there's a lot of very 
personal things that you have shared online um, about your journey in faith over the years. For example, your education story. And even, even before that, your whole salvation story, telling people kind of the things that you struggled with, um, the trials that you've gone through, very personal details of yourself. So how did you come to do that and what effect did that have on you as an individual and your faith and your journey? I feel it's been wonderful to not only connect with, you know, uh, non-believers who are coming across the video and getting saved and sending me emails from across the world and, you know, different people from different denominations being challenged and open to learn uh, about going deeper in Christ. But I also think it's been so beautiful uh, for myself, you know, really growing with a community of believers mm. um, online. It's just been really, really special in that way. And I've seen social media literally through posts. Someone's literally telling me that, you know, they didn't commit suicide. They didn't have an abortion. Yeah. They decided to, you know, um, uh, leave their boyfriend who was really and truly not for them. Um, and God convicted them. I've had testimony after testimony of people who are saying that they no longer want to take drugs anymore. They want to put down their drugs um, and different things that have just absolutely shocked me mm. how social media can be used in this way. Now, in the sense of, um, I guess, distractions, I say to people oftentimes, I don't know if um, it's, you know, you're blaming social media for being a distraction when in reality you don't have boundaries. And this is, this is you know, may come as a shock to some people listening, but it really is real and raw. Uh, for a lot of people, uh, social media is a distraction because they allow it to be. They go onto social media and they spend endless hours scrolling. But my question is, what about those who see social media as an assignment? There are literally times where I go onto, and I think people sometimes get offended at me because I don't watch all of their stories. And I'm not like, because I'm jumping online, posting my content, coming offline and continuing with my life. And like getting you said, on with- you see as a mission field, you won't go like... You know, if you see it as an assignment, you do it and then you leave. Yeah, because a lot of people, and it's the same, this is the thing, it's the same thing even for uh, preaching the gospel. Mm. The Bible even tells us in Philippians that there's some people who preach the gospel out of contempt, jealousy, and rivalry. But there also will be some who are preaching from the purity of the spirit. And so with that, you'll always find that people can get distracted. The question is, what are your boundaries in this? Are you going to allow yourself to be seduced by popularity when preaching the gospel, even when you're not online? And are you going to translate that when you jump online? Who are you preaching this for? Galatians 1.10 says, who am I trying to please, God or man, right? You know, if it was man I was trying to please, I would not be a bond servant of Christ Jesus. So for me personally, I see social media as an assignment. And if I do find myself getting distracted by it, I'm saying, wait, something has slipped in my boundaries. 
what's going on here and for a lot of us this is why you find right people go on social media breaks because they're like i need to get off of social media because i'm too attached to it you just took a break from an addiction you didn't break it so that's why you came back online and it's still very difficult for you to manage it and you have to just keep taking breaks keep taking breaks obviously that's a temporary alleviation but it's not a solution the solution is looking introspectively and saying what is my boundary here when you know that you're on assignment you know what you're called to do you're going to share bold messages you're going to ask the holy spirit what to share i ask the holy spirit what to share there are times when i'll be posting intensely because i feel the grace on it and the holy spirit saying you need to be pumping out content other times i'll be more silent because the holy spirit will be like yeah i want you to just take a break i just want you to you know you don't have to be um, talking too much online right now everything i allow is literally holy spirit have your way and so what that then looks like is because i'm being led by the spirit i understand that when i receive opposition which comes i'm not going to take offense at this because this is just trying to discourage me from you know um preaching the gospel and doing what i love to do right first peter 4 14 tells if you are insulted because of the name of christ you are blessed right? Because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So what I realized is that actually the spirit of God is resting on me. The spirit of God is moving through me. The spirit of God is with me because I'm getting into, listen, I was on Shade Borough the other day, platform with millions of people. People were dragging my edges because I'd gone out evangelizing and I prayed for a man who literally sobered up when I prayed for him. And he literally spent the whole evening talking to me um, about Jesus and Mm -hmm. then ended up literally like going home. Now, um, the internet was going crazy. Christians were going crazy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know the full story. I didn't even look at the post. I didn't even look at the post. I didn't read the comments. I didn't do anything. I just continued on with my assignment. There's sometimes I'm getting dragged on Twitter. People will be messaging me. Is it, Miss Ruth, are you okay? Yeah. Is you feeling good? You know, when I went to Ukraine and I posted about traveling to you, um, traveling there to, um, you know, help and to minister the gospel. When I was going to Pakistan, there was opposition on all sides, being dragged. People were angry that I was going. Mm. All of this hostility. But I had to keep laser focused. That's not just for social media. It's also in like ministry in general. in general. But let's touch on the social media element because before we started the conversation, I said to you that as somebody who is a young Christian, a, a young female, black, everything, like you are relatable, you look like me, you sound, do you know what I mean? And I think that's the situation for how a lot of people came yeah. to know you initially. So I was saying to you that for a lot of people, yeah. very like, oh, it's great what you do, amazing. You've been uplifted by what you do. This is someone who's relatable, is brilliant, seeing her journey. And I said that now seeing your platform boom, it's almost bizarre to see critique. You know, as much as you're saying that um, people will send you near Cerise, they're dragging you, come and see or whatever. How, how, does, how does it make you feel like sometimes when you do see certain kind of critique? Like, let's, for example, talk about the Ukraine one. I think that that was a very like, whoa. And um, you, you said you were going to help and you were going to minister the gospel. That's what you shared, I believe, online. Like, just to summarise, that was your post with a picture. And there was... Two, it was almost like Twitter split in half. Some people were like, 
amazing this is fantastic this is a person who's passionate about her faith and she's gone to help them in a practical way and other people were like this is awful this is like colonization i was like right like what is this this is saying a lot of different things and as an academic you didn't even see i swear i was thinking what is going on you're more updated than me that's that's interesting so for you is it just a post and go yeah, like yeah. honestly, I even when I see that it's getting heated, I just go on Twitter, I just mute the post. Mm. I, I never hear from it again. It, it sounds so like, nice. wait, what? But, but honestly, like I'm telling you, with the abuse that I get on social media, um, I literally can't keep up with it. Wow. I don't even know. I'm not even interested. I don't sit and cry. I've never sat and cried. Mm-hmm. I've never even I've never even complained about this. This I can only attribute to the grace of God because it's not to say that there hasn't been things in my life that have discouraged me. I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm a perfect person. No. But social media, there are people online who oftentimes um, will just say things because it's a trend, will say things because they're jealous, We'll say things because they don't understand. There's just a lack of understanding. We'll say things because they don't know you. I can't take what they're saying seriously. And for the person listening to me, I know that this has literally come through the grace of God. I literally, I literally remember, I think something else happened recently where I made a tweet about um, a PhD that I wanted to do. And it literally, um, I was told by people that it was it had ended up in university group chats. It had ended, people were speaking about it in class discussions around the world. And I was just like... What PhD would you like to do? Um, I was basically talking about, um, and if this is a thing, if you don't understand um, what I'm saying, it will sound wild, especially if you're not a Christian, mm-hmm. okay? It will sound, but I actually found, I had lecturers from universities getting in contact with me saying, I understand what you're talking about and I would actually like to work with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 the tweet went so viral that I got an offer for a, a PhD opportunity. Amazing. That's just crazy. Amazing. And so, and um, basically the tweet was on me explaining how I would love to do a PhD um to uh decolonize mission work amazing so so some people they see that as an absolute oxymoron Oxymoron, because they're like like, excuse me being a missionary full stop is colonial that's what that's how they see that Mm. right and so um and i don't want to kind of absolutely twist your your podcast and turn it something else Mm. turn it into something else but what they haven't realized is that there are different types of um, Christianities. There's different types of, um, uh, sorry, there's different types of approaches to Christianity in the sense of um, culturally, right? So I would say that um, the white Eurocentric type of Christianity is what has been um, infiltrated around the world. Um, however, there are uh, non-colonial um, types of um, Christi- Christianity that still uh, exists and is still, um, you know, being proliferated around the world um, from different cultures and different African tribes and different different types of things. And so one of the things that I was really wanting to, I would say, dismantle is um, the way in which 
uh, Christians, certain Christians can approach mission work in a very um, colonial ma uh, manner, um, in a very, it's not nuanced, it's just in this Eurocentric way. Mm. And so there are, you know, I think what's happened is um, certain Christians who are Caucasian have erased other cultures and have basically um, said that they're not just going to try and get people saved, but they're also going to try and take over their culture, take over their uh, their mindset, take over their ways. And if they come in, it's their way or the highway. There's no humility. There's no um, collaboration. There's no honor. And so for me, I wanted to, uh, yeah, really basically break that down and um, actually help to train people in how we can do mission work um, from a place that is not actually, um, I guess, yeah, um, it's not it's not connected or uh, I would say um, formed with all of those kind of um, racist and um, colonial types of thought. Yeah. Um, so people were really angry because for them, mission work full stop is, is colonial. And no matter what you say, it's like, no, you can't justify. Um, so for me, obviously my argument is that no, mission work is not colonial. It's actually the way in which it has been um, done is has been mm -hmm. colonial. Um, and so because of that, it like rustles some feathers. But I oftentimes, I just make jokes. I just be like, I think I've like rustled some, uh, you know, provoked some demons today. Yeah, and, um, and I think sometimes yeah. people don't like that too. They're like, why is she saying yeah, that? Yeah, I know. They're funny. So, and I just laugh. I'm like, you can't, listen, you can't please people in this. Yeah. You will never be able to please people. And in truth, like my goal here is to please God. And not only that, my goal is to please God. My goal here is to like also break down this like preconceived mentality that in order to serve God, you have to look weird, sound weird, be weird. You can't look nice. I want to break that down. You said something key. You were like, oh, like people notice that they, you look like them. You know, a black woman, you know, she's young as well and she looks nice. And I think what's happened is, People just think, okay, I've turned to Christianity. Now I just look like a, a whiteboard. You know, I look like bread. <laughs> I, I, I'm not allowed to ever look nice. I'm not allowed mm. to, you know. And, and and you often don't even, a lot of missionaries as well, you find that they don't, uh, and this is what's been told to me by a missionary. She said, you know, we often do let go of, um, we let go of ourselves is what, what, she, what she really said. Um as long as it's not a thing where it's deep-seated vanity, um, there is nothing wrong with looking nice. You know, you don't have to, uh, as I as I love to say, basically look like bread. You don't have to look just, you know, um, terrible. And, and, I, and I want people to understand that Christians should be um, people that um, people don't look at and say, "Ew, they're so," you know, they're just they're just weird. They're weirdos. God didn't call us to be weirdos. He called us to, to be set apart. That doesn't mean that we have to um, um, act like weirdos or or different things, but it doesn't mean that we assimilate into, you know, uh, demonic parts of the culture. What it means, essentially, is that we are genuinely in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. What that means, what that means is 
we can, um, for example, uh, look nice or, or all of these things, but we know who our God is. We don't get validation from those things. And so for me, I feel like God has not only um, established my voice online, but he's also made me into a real model to people um, in the sense of, wow, if that person can do it, then I'm going to stand on her shoulders and I can do it and I can do even greater. Mm -hmm. And that's my heart as well. That through social media, people can see real life models, real people, real models. That's why I've been authentic from the beginning, transparent mm -hmm. in my posts. I continue to, I think I, I, yeah, I continue to be transparent and, and share about my journey. Yeah. And, and whilst doing that, my prayer is that people will be propelled to say, you know what, I, just, I saw Nisri's doing it. I, I can, can do, do that it too. too. Yeah, and I see that a lot in what you do. And I think that what I find so um, admirable, I think is the word, about what you do is that it isn't about everybody come and be like me. I think you have an attitude of, I am being myself and you can go ahead and be yourself as well, which I think is is beautiful on so many fronts. I think in in a, on social media, especially in a space where sometimes people want to almost like make a little idol of themselves and what how they do things. And, you know, you should pray like me. You should do your Bible study like me. You should, you know, try to make yourself some image of a perfect Christian person. I do think that your narrative was, is always like, this is me. You do you let God use you. And I think that that is absolutely wonderful. One thing I would love to touch on is the idea of hypervisibility. Now, I think that there's um, something to be said of being online for as long as you have done since you're you were 19. So now you're 26. You've been on the internet for a long time. And I think that having that hyper visibility as a as a Christian sometimes can come with its own challenges um from other ministers that i've engaged with you know across the world and whatever on social media they say things like i'm actually a very shy person but because i post on social media when people now see me in tesco they'll be wanting to engage in a long conversation and they're very taken aback by by my you know my character my personality and i was just wondering for you what kind of challenges um have you faced from being hyper visible on social media uh, i wouldn't say challenges but i'd say funny experiences or um discoveries i guess i think in especially in more recent times um people have way more i mean this used to happen before but it's kind of like really increased in the sense where um you know people will meet me and like want to take a picture and it did take me a while to like adjust it like oh people want a picture mm -hmm. of me like you know why i think it, it's also i don't know sometimes it can be a bit uncomfortable because mm -hmm. people are like yeah you're you're a celeb you're actually a celeb and I don't, I literally don't see myself as that. Honestly, even even with what I'm doing, I'm literally like, I'm here like, God, what I've even done for your kingdom, I know in your eyes, it's literally like, it's just the beginning. It's mm. actually just the beginning. And I've received prophecies about that time and time again. Like, this is nothing. Like, just, just wait. And I'm like, <sighs> okay. Um, I can sometimes in recent times, very recent times, been feeling just a little bit, 
overwhelmed by the fact that my life will look very different mm. um, with the trajectory trajectory that Lord mm. yeah um, is placing me on. Um, I really do value private moments with my family and people because where he's taking me, it may become very difficult to have my private life or to do things in private and mm. um, not have all eyes on you. But that is part of the call and that is part of the cost that one must make. And so there are certain things and responsibilities, even as leaders, to whom much is given, the Bible says much is required. And that even um, can sometimes mean, you know, uh, how you conduct yourself, what what you do. And it's not sinful, but it's the fact that someone could literally see that and say, because she's doing that, I, I, I want to do that then as well. Mm. Being careful about uh, certain things, um, because in truth, People will follow you as they follow Christ. I don't think that is, um, I don't think that is unbiblical because mm. Paul said it, follow me, he said, as long as I'm following Christ, as I follow Christ Jesus. So people do look for leaders that they can, you know, be helped, mentored and encouraged with. And that does come with some pressure. But I just have to take it off my shoulders and give that to Jesus. Um, I think in person as well, um, people are very surprised at how soft I am mm. um, or girly um, or human <laughs> is the one. Yeah, because people literally have been like, oh, my gosh, you like to go horse riding. I didn't think that you would even think that was holy. <laughs> I thought you would just stay in your house and pray and fast and that's it. Every day? And it's like people... <laughs> Yeah, people are really surprised that I have hobbies. Um, you know, they're surprised that I... I remember there was a time I was going out on different activities with my mum and we were going and seeing different castles and, you know, nice spending time. And they were just like, oh, wow, I'm just so amazed at how you like to explore life. Like, they just were really shocked at that. So there's a lot of misconceptions that people can have of you when you're online. And on top of that, people can believe that the 5% that you show them is what you're doing all, all of time. the time. The people will be like, you're always writing, you're always writing, you know, to you. Mm. Um, or, you know, these types of things. Um, not realising that actually, uh, no, like there are other parts of, of my life that you just won't see because you don't have to see that. Yeah, definitely. And, Do you ever find that that makes it difficult for you to connect with new people, maybe aside from people who've maybe walked the journey with you? Because where, let's say people you're I would say you're hyper visible um and yeah. you come across people who say oh I didn't even know you didn't do anything apart from fast and pray you know <laughs> I just laugh. it's funny I just laugh but but oftentimes I think it's what's happened is our forefathers did not do a good job of modeling what it looked like to be a man or woman of God who was also connected to people. And Jesus was so connected to people. 
Uh, he spent time with people. He didn't entrust himself to people. He didn't try and follow after a crowd, but mm. he knew how to connect. And so what we have is a lot of people talking about the generals of old, Catherine Coleman, Smith Wigglesworth, mm. all of these generals. And it's like they've actually made them into celestial beings. Mm. They've made them into celestial saints who somehow cease from having any type of human attributes, mm. right? They've made them like gods. So when they meet people who are consecrated, living a life in intimacy with God, they instantly assume they don't have any other lives because Smith Wigglesworth or perhaps Catherine Coleman or different didn't share on their personal. Yeah. They didn't share on it. In that time, it was a lot more about protecting an image and uh, they didn't feel the need to open up or, or show uh, these things. Um, and they didn't have and, social media. If if Catherine exactly. Coleman had social media, maybe we'll see her getting ready. We'll see a little bit of her personality. It's a different time. Yeah, of course, one hundred percent. And so, literally, I think for myself, you know, I have kind of I don't know. I think I've met individuals who have been so in awe of me and my I make it my personal agenda to show them hey I'm a human mm -hmm. I'll sh I'll make it my personal agenda to not be a diva or to be you know at bourgeois and it because that's not me and people expect you to act like that especially when people brand you a celebrity you know people branding people celebrities you know they they literally make idols out of these people and then they assume that these people are not necessarily going to be nice to them or they're going to be bougie or they're going to be... No, I will go out of my way to talk to people. I'll go I'll go out of my way to hug people. I'll go out of my way to have long discussions and show interest in people because it's not about Nia Cerise. It's actually about Jesus. And Jesus invested time in people. So that's something I actively make an effort that no one would leave my presence and be like... She was just so rude, like, she was, you know, couldn't be bothered to talk, and, like, she didn't know, like, that is not, um, I don't, I don't, I want to challenge that, because, I, let me tell you something, sis, there are people who do behave like that, there are people who do behave like, yeah, you're gonna treat me like a queen, and what, mm -hmm. um, but, I, but the Bible teaches us, you know, the last shall be first, you know, and that servitude is one of the greatest leadership leadership abilities you know um or let me not say leadership abilities servitude is one of the um i would say greatest markers of a true leader mm -hmm. something that i've seen you speak about um which i think kind of of a person who is very who professes their faith online specifically um and then you said that some people do live up to this being a diva or wanting to be treated as a god um mm -hmm. you know in my kind of research about you i came across this really interesting um almost like interview that you did and somebody said is there anything about life that tugs your heart or any controversial topic that you would love to shed more light on and then you it was quite a long response but the first um sentence was i am troubled by leaders today you continued on to talk about like spiritual abuse controlling and abusive leaders yeah. just leaders who don't do the right thing and i think in recent times we have seen a lot of people who are very 
vocal, very out there on their social media platforms and maybe stuff has come to light about them in their personal in their personal dealings with those around them and I just wanted to for you to speak more about that being a thing that tugs on your heart something in the body that you don't you that doesn't sit well with you because I I personally believe that that's something we're seeing more and more of especially where people are sharing like it's not just oh you go to church this is your pastor this is your bishop now it's the internet's bishop. Like, how, how, um, yeah, t- tell me more about that. I'm really curious to hear more about why that's something that is um, of importance to you. If you see people in my comments saying to me, I want to be like you, you'll often see me replying saying, I wanted to be like Jesus. Um, what we have are people, leaders who are building empires and castles for themselves as opposed to building kingdom. And so um, there are people who are just, they're welcoming the flattery, they're welcoming the self-glorification, they're welcoming, um, you know, all of this stuff. And it grieves my heart, right? Because, um, you know, with, with, with these things, you'll find that these people rise quickly and disappear just as fast. And I've seen it. I've seen it not just with big names, but I've seen it with ministries that have tried to literally sprout. And when they've sprouted, they have worked to try and, you know, exclusivity. We know the answers. We're the best. You want to be with us. We're going to flaunt our this. We're going to flaunt our money. We're going to flaunt our name. All of this stuff. And this is the thing. God is looking for the humble. I think it's toxic. You know, there was a time when even Paul prayed for the sick, you know, and preached the gospel and the people bowed down and they tried to worship him. Mm. And he told them, listen, it's not me who's done the healing. It is actually God, you know, and um, this, this, this happened time and time again in the Old Testament. Joseph, Daniel, these leaders, these godly men of god when things were being done by them men are always looking to worship human beings are always looking to worship something you either worship yourself you'll worship another person or you'll worship the lord and every time you'd see them begin to bow down and kneel before these men your decision as a leader in the body of christ is to decide who you are going to allow that person to bow to yourself or to God. Even angels do not allow people to bow to them. They say, listen, 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 let's hold up, hold up. Worship God. And what I found, especially, um, I would even say, okay, is people are doing it for platform and popularity. And this is where you have to be really careful because there have been, I think, a challenging experience for myself is people wanting to work with me or collaborate with me for clout, for, um, you know, their platform, wanting to use me as their puppet um, for, you know, more people to, you know, connect with. And that's what people like to do when people see that you have a platform. But they don't realise that, you know, I bow before my God, I spend time in his presence and I'm not going to let someone try and control me. And so people have actually tried to control me. Um, And I think what has happened 
uh, is that as people who are growing on social media, we must be conscious, we must be discerning, and we must be alert. You know, is this self-seeking or is this for the Lord? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I think that that's what I would I would say I would say to this, which which does burden me. Yeah, yeah, I think that yeah, that that's um that's something to think about i think in, yeah. in in general i think even if you're not a pastor you're not a minister just anyone as a as a person of faith on social media what is the intention yes what is the intention um okay so as wrapping up i have to ask you what is the plan or like what's your vision for your tiktok because your tiktok I think as much as we see you as, you know, you're evangelizing, you're doing such amazing things. You yeah. also have like a very funny side as well. Um, <laughs> which is really lovely to see, like seeing people repost your stuff. So what's the plan for your TikTok? You've hit over 100K. Um, what do you want to use it for? Are we going to see more funny videos from you? What's Or more videos? I know you have um, your Instagram as well, where you show you going out and where you go out to eat and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. What's the plan when it comes to these stuff? Uh, yeah, so for me, um, I, will, I, I have to pace myself because I'm always like, I want to do this and I want to do that. I'm actually currently raising up a team. I've got a Christian Dream Interpretation page and this page is dedicated to leading lost souls to Jesus, uh, to Christian sources for interpretation uh, with the ultimate goal of getting people saved or getting people out of witchcraft and helping to deliver people from nightmares, um, you know, uh, or... Uh, sleep paralysis or torments in any sort of way that come in the night hour. So recently I've raised up a team of about 35 people now. Mm -hmm. We have an interse intercession team um, who are constantly praying for that page weekly, morning and evening. Um, and I also have a team on that page who are posting content for me around the clock and they are basically producing this content to help people understand and interpret their dreams so i actually raised up a team i also mentor them in the prophetic i mentor them in interpretation um biblical interpretation so that's been really exciting because i don't just want to have a platform i also want to impart to people now with tiktok the goal for tiktok is uh when i've kind of like really trained up these people for that instagram page the goal for tiktok is i want to do uh crusades and bible studies digital ones on tiktok and the goal with that is to reach as many non-believers on tiktok and so I want to reach non-believers on that platform uh through you know uh through doing um campaigns of preaching the gospel and um yeah getting people to come to Christ as well as entertaining um the body of Christ in a way where we can you know uh enjoy our faith and just be encouraged as well so there's there's multiple things I think what I love about uh TikTok is it's a prophetic stream where I release words that God gives me you know it's also an evangelistic stream where I share you know my evangelist evangelism encounters it is a uh, comedy stream where i just um you know have a few laughs and connect with the body of christ and it is um you know also going to i believe touch many thousands of people um with the message of jesus christ mm -hmm. and so i have mo the multiple different platforms but it's, it's sometimes hard to juggle because obviously i serve youtube um and yeah. there's twitter yeah but i now have more helping hands on board i've got people who are tweeting for me now 
Um, I've got people posting for me on my Christian Dream Interpretation page. I have people, um, you know, um, helping me in these different ways. But on top of that, God is also opening doors for television. So literally, he's opened doors for me to work with God TV. I've been doing God God TV. I was with them in their studio a few weeks ago. TBN was in January. I've been working with them and building relationships. Um, and, um, many different, uh, news, sorry, not news, um, Christian, um, channels want to work with me. So it's also about realizing what my capacity is in the yeah. season. Because that, <laughs> I'm also traveling. Yeah. Like I'm traveling to preach the gospel and also I'm, I'm in the process of launching and planting a church. So, oh, wow. yeah. So there's a lot that's going on wow. as well as doing mission and all of these things. And so I, I, I do have to really push myself. And I'm also a Christian dating coach as well. So uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things. But you just have to know what do I have the capacity for in this season? What do I feel the grace of God is leading me on in this season? Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping I do not stop with social media and it will be amazing I mean, um, to, you know, help to disciple people. I think one of the testimonies, I'm sorry I'm going on so much, no, but no, no, God is doing a lot. Uh, one of the beauties of Clubhouse, which is another social media outlet, is I've started a live um, a live podcast on there called The Relationship 101 Room, where I help to disciple people in relationships. And it's not just romantic relationships. We've talked about spiritual abusive relationships, being in a cultish type of relationship, um, boundaries in relationships with people, spouses, not spouses, people, uh, friendships, bosses, and court, courtship. Um, and so from that, um, and also helping to start prayer rooms on Clubhouse, um, we literally recently built like an international prayer plug where 130 participants are basically in a WhatsApp group now. Mm-hmm being uh, encouraged and taught on how to pray, prophesy. Um, we're also going to be teaching and training them. Um, so there's actually discipleship that is coming and happening for the body of Christ through social media. It's not just, you know, a tweet. And I feel like God is building me apostolically in the sense of, hey, don't just make a tweet, but, you know, why not mentor people? Why not um, help people? Um, so we're actually mentoring people through Clubhouse and around the world, um, people from different regions around the globe. So even if I'm not in Pakistan doing a crusade like I did in um, in in April, I'm in my house and people are still being reached in that nation, right? Um, so I'm so these are the kind of like the exciting projects that we're doing and working on. Amazing, that is. That is amazing. And it's so funny to hear you hit every single social media platform, including Clubhouse, which I think people thought was dead, but it's not dead. Um, But it's not dead. Before I end the show, I always ask people, what have they enjoyed the most about their 20s? And what are they looking forward to the most in their 20s? Okay, I love the fact I'm young. Oh my gosh, I can milk it to the cows Mm. come home. Young, young, young. I love it. And I know when I get old, I'll be like, yes, I love being old, old, old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I love being young and serving the Lord. Like, it's actually a miracle. It's a miracle. Mm-hmm. In this generation where literally half of the youth are being, like, taken by all of these demonic trends and literally swept and sifted like wheat, God has kept me. That's my biggest testimony 
God has kept me. It hasn't been hot, cold. I'm in it one moment, I'm out the next. God has consistently kept me in the faith, travailing. And, and I'm so grateful because be, because of the yes and the obedience of that consistency, God has entrusted me with, you know, many different things, many, many different things. So I'm so grateful that God has allowed me to be young and to know him because really and truly it's it's really great a call we've done like you know reach people television crusade that stuff is it's like secondary but because i'm young i've been able to go to all night prayer meetings mm -hmm. i've been able to you know when god says do this my strength of my youth i've been able to obey and go and keep going and keep going i've been able to literally spend like my youth my singleness just literally like with the lord and like for that i'm just like oh my gosh i'm so happy about that um you know and um it was just great being young having like not as much responsibilities and being able to dedicate my time to jesus has like that is actually the best the best amazing and what, have you, I don't know what, what are I'm you looking, looking forward, forward to? to? Yeah, what are you looking forward to? What, what am I looking forward to? You've I don't got even a good know. few Maybe more years know. before you're 30. So what are you looking forward to? I don't know. Making a good few more memories of Jesus would be nice. Um, a good few. Why am I saying it like I'm, when I'm 30, I'm going to not have memories of him anymore? <laughs> um, honestly, um, I can't even put a finger on it. I'd probably just say I'm really looking forward to the future of God and just like, you know, um, and I, I would say I'm really looking forward as, as, as I grow with age, pouring into people. Because mm -hmm. for me, I got mentored through a lot of, you know, online and social spaces and things like that. But I'm actually looking forward to really pouring into people as, as time goes on who are younger than me, making opportunities for people who are younger than me, um, caring for people who are younger than me. I want to give back. Um, and that's actually, I'm really looking forward to that. Amazing. It has been such a pleasure to chat to you. I just love how focused you are on what it is that you believe God has called you to do. I think it's it's wonderful. And like, I pray that, you know, you just keep on going. It's, it's wonderful watching you, <laughs> watching you just be you and do what you feel God has called you to do. It's been, it's so like lovely to see that. Um, where can people connect with you? Um, you've got a lot of different platforms and a lot of different things that you do. So I feel like we can go from the, you as an individual and then the other kind of things that you're involved in, like Christian dream interpretation and stuff. So maybe if we start with that, where can people connect with you as an individual? Okay, so my personal page is Nia Cerise, N-I-A. C-E-R-I-S-E. -E. Now, there have been many people trying to make fraud accounts <laughs> for me. Please, there's only one account. I've got, like, um, I've got quite a large following. So please do not be deceived by these fake pages. Um, you can also connect with me um, on the uh, on Twitter, via Twitter. Um, I'm also on Clubhouse. So if you want to join me there, connect with me on there. Um, I'm also on, uh, I'm not really active on this one as much, but if you need dreams interpreted, you want to grow and learn about dreams, please um, follow Christian Dream Interpretation. Um, and yeah, uh, if you're looking for a uh, dating coach, 
email me at crowninfaith at uh, gmail.com. So there are many different ways in which you can, you can totally connect with me. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, God bless you. This has been really nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. But the conversation isn't over. So to share your thoughts and keep the conversation going, follow at just over 20 on Instagram and Twitter, share the episode and subscribe to keep up to date with the podcast. This has been Just Over 20. I've been your host, Itani Speaks, and you have been fabulous. Stay blessed and catch you next time.